It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash earnings right now. NetSuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Worker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, February 11th, 2022. Coming up this hour. U.S. futures fall, adding to yesterday's inflation-fueled sell-off. Goldman Sachs ups its Fed forecast, predicting seven rate hikes this year. The U.K. economy shows strength, expanding by the most since World War II. And the International Energy Agency warns oil prices may be heading higher. Former Governor Cuomo is filing a complaint against New York's Attorney General, plus tensions heighten about the trucker's blockade at the U.S.-Canadian border. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. The Nets traded James Harden to Philadelphia, then lost their 10th in a row. The Knicks with a surprising win at Golden State. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston. Bloomberg 960 San Francisco. Sirius XM 119. And around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Hey, good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. And global stocks are lower this morning. We're coming up to 601 on Wall Street. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 20 points. Dow futures down 126. And NASDAQ futures down 91. The DAX in Germany is down four-tenths of a percent. CAC in Paris down one percent. FTSE 100 down seven-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury up 7.30 seconds. Yield 2%. Yield on the two-year 1.59%. NYMEX crude oil is up seven-tenths percent or 68 cents at $90.55 a barrel. Comex gold down six tenths percent or $10.30 at $18.27.10 an ounce. The euro 1.1396 against the dollar. Nathan. Well, Karen, the drop in futures follows yesterday's inflation-fueled sell-off. We saw the NASDAQ 100 lead declines. Bonds were hit hard after the CPI report that showed inflation running at its highest pace in four decades. Emily Hill is a founding partner at Bowersock Capital Partners. I think there was a hope out there that inflation was moderating, or at least that inflation was peaking, and the numbers look like that is not the case. So the market is now pricing in, you know, much higher likelihood of a 50 basis point increase in rates in March, which I don't think is a is a huge surprise. Emily Hill with Bowersock Capital Partners made the comments on Bloomberg Business Week. Catch the program weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio. Well, Nathan, we also saw the selling inequities spill over to Asia overnight, and we get the recap from Bloomberg's Juliet Sally in Singapore. Good morning, Juliet. 
Good morning, Karen. Sovereign notes dropped in New Zealand and Australia, where the three-year yield hit its high since 2019. The MSCI Asia-Pacific Index ex-Japan, which was closed for a holiday, dropped the most in two weeks, dragged lower by tech stocks amid the rise in yields. Elsewhere, Chinese banks extended a record amount of loans in January, providing a boost to a slowing economy. $626 billion of new loans lent in the month, beating economists' median estimate and the highest level in data going back to 1992. In Singapore, Juliet Sali, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Juliet, thanks. This is all a response to higher interest rates, and the call for more rate hikes this year is growing. Bloomberg's Renita Young joins us live to pick up that angle of the story. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Nathan. Goldman Sachs now sees the Fed raising interest rates seven times this year. Its earlier prediction was five. The bank expects the Fed to lift rates by 25 basis points in each of its meetings this year to tame the hottest inflation in four decades. Traders are also pricing in seven Fed hikes this year, sending global bond yields soaring. And data yesterday showed U.S. consumer prices posting the biggest jump since since 1982. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. Renita, thank you. There's also growing speculation the Fed may opt for a 50 basis point rate hike at next month's meeting. St. Louis Fed President Jim Bullard, who votes on rates this year, says he favors three hikes by July, with one of them being a half-point move. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin is less convinced of the need for a dramatic increase. Open to it conceptually, sure. I mean, there will be times where we'll need to do that. Um, there have been times in the past where we have done it. Uh, do I think there's a screaming need to do it right now? I'd have to be convinced on that. Richmond Fed President Thomas Barkin made the comments at an event at the Stanford Institute for Economic Policy Research. Well, meantime, Karen, the Fed's feeling pressure from Congress. The top Republican on the Senate Banking Committee wants an overhaul of the Federal Reserve's regional bank system. Senator Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania says the 12 regional banks reformed to manage economies in their districts, but that's no longer the case. One of the things that concerns me is maybe in the absence of having a a compelling monetary policy purpose, they seem to be wandering onto other fields that they like to play on, but which have nothing to do with the Fed's mission and its purpose. Things like climate change, things like social justice. Senator Pat Toomey spoke with David Weston on Bloomberg's Balance of Power. Catch that program weekdays at noon Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, Nathan, the economy is also in focus overseas. Data this morning show the U.K. economy expanded last year by the most since World War II. And we get the latest live in London with Bloomberg's Max Ramsey. Good morning, Max. Morning, Karen and Nathan. Yes, that 7.5% expansion in 2021 was the fastest annual growth for the UK economy since 1941, another incredible statistic produced by the pandemic and the subsequent recovery. But the economy was still smaller here in the fourth quarter than it was pre-pandemic, so in that respect, lagging other major peers like France and like the US. It's some welcome news for Prime Minister Boris Johnson. There's been a lot of focus here in Britain on inflation, on rising energy bills, and on this ongoing political scandal over parties during lockdowns. Live in London, Max Ramsey, Bloomberg Daybreak. Okay, Max, thank you. Energy prices are also in focus this morning after a warning from the International Energy Agency. It says oil prices may be heading higher because chronic supply issues threaten to increase tightness and volatility. Checking prices now, NYMEX crudes up 7 tenths percent or 60 one cents at ninety dollars fifty cents a barrel. Brent is higher by six tenths percent at ninety one dollars ninety six cents. Well, Nathan, let's switch gears now and talk space, specifically the race to Mars. SpaceX founder Elon Musk says the FAA may grant environmental approval at the company's South Texas launch site as soon as next month. That could pave the way for a Starship launch this year. And Bloomberg's Ed Ludlow is on the ground in the Lone Star State with the very latest. 
This was classic Elon, the big picture that life on Earth won't be here forever and the time to act is now. He reimagined a life on Mars where Starship carries communities, cargoes of people to another planet to establish a base. He's confident that the FAA will give an environmental approval for Starship to be able to launch potentially as soon as March. And he said that in terms of the technology, the Starship system could be ready to launch in a couple of months. Ed Ludlow, Boca Chica, Texas, for Bloomberg News. What a location. Thank you, Ed. Futures are moving lower this morning, and straight ahead we have your latest local headlines and a check of sports. This is Bloomberg. And it's 6.07 on Wall Street. We're at 40 degrees in Central Park. It's still dealing with that southbound Deegan accident. Big delays after Fordham Road. Details coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr is here with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. It is deadline day for thousands of New York City workers for mandatory vaccinations. If they don't show proof of vaccination by today, they will get fired. At least 95% of city workers are vaccinated. Meanwhile, demonstrations are scheduled for later this morning. The mayor of Windsor, Ontario, is trying legal action to end a trucker's protest against COVID restrictions. Truckers have blocked the bridge linking Windsor to Detroit, a crucial point for moving auto parts and other suppliers. Windsor Mayor Drew Dilkins. The hallmark of the democracies in which we live uh, is that you can protest, you can share your opinion, uh, and we celebrate that. But that's okay. What's not okay is to choke off the busiest border crossing between the United States and Canada and impact thousands and thousands of families across both countries. Mayor Dilkin says we want this to end peacefully. Vice President Kamala Harris will visit Newark today. It will highlight replacing lead water pipes. Harris will be joined by New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Members of the Senate Judiciary Committee met with President Biden about his pick to be on the Supreme Court. Biden has said he wants to pick a black woman to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. Committee member Senator Richard Blumenthal. This choice is historic, not only because it will bring historic diversity of the court, but also the quality of the person whom the president will appoint, I think will be historic and will really help unite the country. Senator Blumenthal says Democrats are hoping for bipartisan support. Former Governor Andrew Cuomo plans to file a complaint against New York Attorney General Letitia James. It's over the investigation of sexual harassment allegations that led to his resignation by filing an ethics complaint with the New York State Bar. Cuomo's attorney, Rita Glavin, says the probe conducted by James ignored evidence of witness tampering. Former Alaska Governor Sarah Palin has compared the New York Times to Goliath and herself to David in their dispute over a 2017 editorial. Palin took the stand in Manhattan Federal Court at a civil trial. She's accusing the newspaper of damaging her reputation with an editorial linking her campaign rhetoric to a mass shooting. Closing arguments take place today. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg, Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Coming up to 610 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. Nathan, so much for the big three. A little over a year ago, James Harden joined Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in Brooklyn, but with all three in and out of the lineup with injuries, and then this season, Irving not being allowed to play home games. They only played together 16 times, and now Harden headed to Philadelphia. One unhappy point guard traded for another. Harden goes to Philly with Paul Millsap, and coming to Brooklyn is Ben Simmons, who had refused to play all season for the Sixers. The Nets also 
will get Seth Curry and Andre Drummond plus two first-round draft picks. Nets then played in Washington and lost 113-112. They've now lost 10 in a row. The Knicks, who did not make a trade before the deadline with a surprising win at Golden State, 116-114. They did it without the injured R.J. Barrett. Julius Randle, 28 points. 16 rebounds. Devils won 7-4 at St. Louis. At the Olympics, Michaela Schifrin at least crossed the finish line in the Super G, but finished ninth. Sean White, fourth in the snowboarding halfpipe. Final event of his career. U.S. women's hockey team with a 4-1 quarterfinal victory over the Czech Republic. Shots on goal were 59-6. The baseball lockout continues with Commissioner Rob Manfred determined to not let it drag on. I see missing games as a disastrous outcome for the for this industry. And we're committed to making an agreement in an effort to avoid that. One thing the two sides have agreed on, the universal DH. No longer will National League pitchers come to the plate. The DH rule was American League only for 48 years. John Stash Hour, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Big change. Thank you, John. S&P futures down 25 points. Dow futures down 149. NASDAQ futures lower by 119. The 10-year Treasury is up 830 seconds. The yield 2% even. Tom Porcelli, chief U.S. economist at RBC Capital, joins us next as the market resets for a more hawkish Fed. This is Bloomberg. Coming up to 612 on Wall Street, Bloomberg Daybreak brought to you by Audi. Don't let someone else drive off in the Audi model you've always wanted. Visit a tri-state Audi dealer to get behind the wheel of yours today. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. This update is brought to you by SEI. Asset managers don't get results that are off the charts when their solutions are off the shelf. Learn how SEI's operating platform can turn infrastructure into a competitive advantage at SCIC.com slash IMS. Stocks extending declines along with U.S. stock index futures as red-hot inflation stokes bets on faster Federal Reserve interest rate hikes. We check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures down 22 points. Dow futures down 128. NASDAQ futures down 108, 10-year treasury up 7.30 seconds, yield 2%, yield on the two-year 1.59%, NYMEX crude oil is up 9 tenths percent or 80 cents at $90.68 a barrel, COMEX gold down 6 tenths percent or $10.20 at 18.27.20 an ounce, the euro 1.1395 against the dollar, British pound 1.3565, the yen 116, and the Bitcoin is at $43,480. Also watching shares is Zillow jumping 14% in early trading after reporting positive earnings that beat the highest expectations. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Another round of diplomatic discussions over Russia and Ukraine were held in Berlin. Diplomats from Russia, Ukraine, France, and Germany met to try and resolve the crisis. However, no breakthroughs. Two Democrats on the Senate Intelligence Committee say the CIA has secretly collected information about Americans. Senators Ron Wyden and Martin Heinrich allege the CIA has long hidden details about the program from the public and Congress. Snowboarder Sean White competed in his final men's halfpipe today at the Beijing Olympics. He finished fourth out of the podium. In the NBA, the Knicks beat the Warriors 116-114. The Wizards beat the Nets 113-112. NHL action, the Devils and Capitals won. The Bruins lost. Finally, it could be 90 degrees for Super Bowl 56 Sunday at SoFi Stadium in Inglewood, California.
Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. We're coming up to 620 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's not just the temperatures for the Super Bowl that are red hot. So is inflation, of course. Tom Porcelli is with us now, chief U.S. economist at RBC Capital Markets, as we uh, continue to assess this 40-year spike in consumer prices and how the Fed could react. Tom, good morning. Uh, do you see signs that we could be at peak inflation after this 7.5% year-over-year print? Well, uh, well, good morning. Um, and, yeah, I, I think that I think we can be getting close. Um, I, look, I, I think at a minimum, what what, pe- what we need to be braced for is the the reality that you know, sort of favorable year ago comps will start to enter the the, the mix, um, and that will start in the next few months. So 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 at a minimum, um, these these favorable um, comps will will start to eat into the year and year pace. Um, uh, look, you know, it's 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 going to be a um, it's going to be a grind lower um, to start, but but I think and I look, I know it's hard to. You know, sort of see six months out or nine months out or or whatever. But I think what what we need to bear in mind is there's a lot going on in 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 our economic backdrop, right? So not only do you have these these comps that that could start the the process of easing inflation, but you're also going to have this transition from goods to services spending, um, and it's really been goods that that have been doing most of the the, the heavy lifting um, of inflation over the course of the last um, year or so. So if you have this transition that occurs, and then this transition is happening while there's actually pretty elevated inventories, um, you know, d- despite all of the the sort of the talk of um, of, of you know uh, port issues and et cetera, which make no mistake they're, they're present, but just look at retail inventories; they're incredibly elevated. Um, and so if you have this transition away from goods to services spending, all in the context of um, inventories that that are actually pretty elevated. You could actually see goods prices that slow fairly fairly abruptly um, over over the course of the year, and 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 which is our call. And so by the end of the year, um, we think that you're going to be in a much different place from from an inflation perspective. Again, I want to stress, it, you know, over the next month or two, we do expect you'll see additional acceleration. Um, but once you get beyond that, we think that you'll start to see inflationary pressures really begin to ease. If we do start to see that transition from goods to services spending, is there a risk that services inflation starts to rise? Yeah, for sure. So, you know, and look, and that's already built into our call. Uh, you know, it's uh, you know, people keep on saying, oh, what about what about, you know, rent and, and OER, right? Owners equivalent rent. Um, you know, but isn't that going to um, uh, put a floor underneath inflation? Yes, it is. You know, it's 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 been long part of our call. I mean, the way that 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 component works is, you know, sort of past home price increases flow into rents with with a lag. Um, so we're, we're already seeing that. I mean, that's not like a new story. I mean, that's been going on for months now, um, and we expect it. And we expect it'll go on for months longer. Um, so so that's the thing that actually you know puts a floor underneath inflation. So again, I want to stress. While we expect inflation will slow as the year um, progresses, and, and again, we could be in a much different place, um, you know, call it, you know, two and a half to three percent core inflation by the end of the year, um, which is certainly not out of the realm of possibility. It, it, the thing that stops it from going lower is the fact that services 
um, will will remain incredibly buoyant and probably even accelerate a bit from from, from here. So so that's that's mm-hmm. a long part of the call. And and you know one one thing it's funny I, I always say like you know when you're in January and February I think people always seem to think of December as the finish line. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I wouldn't do that in this instance. I think what you need to keep in mind is that inflation I think could remain pretty buoyant even into 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's one of the reasons why um, you know the the Fed remains very will will remain very engaged uh, in the hiking cycle. So this is not just a 22 story. I think this is easily leaks into into 23. We only have about 30 seconds left here. You've probably heard that Goldman Sachs is calling for seven hikes this year. Do you think we need that many? You know, I, I think it's I think Bullard and I know you know we didn't really talk about Bullard here, but um, but but I think Bullard made a really great um, observation yesterday. I, I know you know it may seem aggressive what he said, but I think there's some merit to it. If they hike rates by 100 basis points between now and July, his view was then, but then let's just stop and reassess. And, and see what the backdrop looks like. Um, you know, maybe they don't need to do any more. So mm-hmm. I'm 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 very sympathetic to to to, to that view. I, I think that it's you know we're in a the the inflation dynamic is is going to be shifting very quickly, and I think that's something we need to keep in mind. Interesting. Thanks as always for your insights, Tom. Really appreciate it. Tom Porcelli, chief U.S. economist at RBC Capital Markets. S and P futures now down 23 points. Dow futures down 139. Nasdaq futures are lower by 113 points. The 10-year Treasury up 8.30 seconds. The yield right at two percent. Just ahead, the market wraps up rate hike bets, and Elon Musk says spaceship Starship is clear for takeoff. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine upper 40s today, low 50s tomorrow, low 30s on Sunday with a chance for snow on Super Bowl Sunday. Right now, 41 degrees in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 99.1 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119 and around the globe. The Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. It's 6.30 on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. It is time for the five things you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 0.75% to 1.58% rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first, U.S. futures extending losses this morning. Red hot inflation is stoking bets on faster interest rate moves from the Fed. And we get the latest live with Bloomberg's Renita Young. Good morning, Renita. Good morning, Karen. Goldman Sachs now sees the Fed raising interest rates seven times this year. Its earlier prediction was five. The bank expects the Fed to lift rates by 25 basis points in each of its meetings this year to tame the hottest inflation in four decades. Traders are also pricing in seven Fed hikes this year, sending global bond yields soaring. Data yesterday showed U.S. consumer prices posting the biggest jump since 1982. Live in New York, I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Renita, thank you. In the U.K., the economy expanded last year by the most since World War II. Gross domestic product was up 7.5%, making Britain the fastest-growing advanced economy. That's despite growth shrinking two-tenths percent in December. 
Oil in focus this morning. The International Energy Agency is saying crude prices may head higher because of chronic supply issues and checking prices right now. NYMEX crude oil up 1% or 90 cents at $90.78 a barrel. Brent is up 9 tenths percent at $92.20. And some stocks on the move this morning, Karen. Shares of Zillow are up 14%. Earnings topped estimates as a hot housing market helped the company wind down its home flipping business. Shares of Expedia are up almost 4%. The travel company reported fourth quarter profit that topped estimates. And Nathan, the space race also in focus. SpaceX founder Elon Musk saying he's confident his new Starship will be ready for launch this year. The aircraft is a centerpiece of his plan to travel to Mars. This year we're we're actually uh, aiming to have um, around 50 launches, so it's about a a launch per week on average. And um, yeah, so it's a hell of a year we got ahead of us. And Elon Musk spoke at a SpaceX event in Texas, saying that he is aiming for up to three Starship flights a day. Each flight is expected to cost less than $10 million. And that's the five things you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. S&P futures up 25, or down rather, 25 points. Dow futures also falling, down 154. And NASDAQ futures are down 114. 10-year Treasury up 830 seconds. The yield Two percent, And straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. All right, Karen, thanks. It's 633 on Wall Street, 40 degrees in Central Park. This accident on the southbound Deegan's been holding us up all morning long. We'll get the details of traffic shortly. First, Michael Barr is here with what else is going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. Former New York Governor Andrew Cuomo will personally file a complaint against State Attorney General Letitia James. Cuomo's attorney, Rita Glavin, says the ex-governor feels strongly there was misconduct in the manner of James's civil investigation. According to that report, Cuomo sexually harassed 11 women, allegations he has denied. President Joe Biden appears to be narrowing his list of candidates for the Supreme Court, saying he's looking at about four people to replace retiring Justice Stephen Breyer. Biden spoke in an interview with NBC. I think we'll, whomever I think will get a vote from the Republican side for the following reason. I'm not looking to make an ideological choice here. I'm looking for someone to replace Judge Breyer with the same kind of capacity Judge Breyer had, with an open mind who understands the Constitution, interprets it in a way that is consistent with the mainstream interpretation of the Constitution. President Biden has said his nominee will be a black woman, and he will decide by the end of February. At least six auto plants near the U.S.-Canada border have slashed output as the impact from a protest blocking truck traffic into Detroit begins rippling through both nations' economies. The blockade started Monday as an offshoot of the trucker convoy in Ottawa, the protest of vaccine mandate for drivers who travel across the U.S. border. Windsor, Ontario Mayor Drew Dilkins wants it to end peacefully. Something has to happen. Something has to give. And if we can't gain compliance, uh, then we bring tow trucks in and and, uh, many police services to help remove people who are illegally blocking the roadway leading to this crossing. Dilkins says the blockade at the Ambassador Bridge, which links Windsor to Detroit, is the busiest border crossing between the two countries, with $400 million a day crossing at the border. Vice President Kamala Harris is scheduled to visit Newark. The vice president's trip will highlight the city's success in replacing 23,000 lead water pipes. 
The funding for replacing the pipes was one of the provisions in the Biden administration's bipartisan infrastructure bill passed last year. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy will join Harris today. Nevada is the latest state to announce masks will no longer be required in public. Governor Steve Sisolak cited downward trends in COVID statistics. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thank you, Michael. Coming up to 636 on Wall Street and John Stashower's got the Bloomberg Sports Update. All right, Nathan, about a week after Nets coach Steve Nash insisted the team was not going to trade James Harden, they traded James Harden to Philadelphia in a blockbuster trade involving five players and the Nets getting two first-round draft picks. At its core, it is Harden for Ben Simmons, two all-star point guards. Harden had made it known he was not planning to re-sign with Brooklyn after the season. Simmons, so unhappy in Philly, he has refused to play a minute for the Sixers this season. Harden, vastly superior to Simmons offensively, but Simmons is a 6'10 point guard who can rebound and defend. He just can't really shoot from the outside. How does Kevin Durant feel about the trade? He refused to draft Harden when he and LeBron James were choosing up the All-Star squads. Nets lost in Washington, 113-112. That's their 10th loss in a row. Knicks was maybe their best win of the season playing without R.J. Barrett. They won at Golden State, 116-114. Devils scored five times third period and won 7-4 at St. Louis. Controversy at the Olympics. What a surprise. It involves Russian doping. Word that the 15-year-old figure skating phenom Camilla Valieva actually tested positive for a banned drug before the Olympics began. Not known if Russia will keep the gold medal at one in the team competition or if Valieva can compete in the individual where she is the favorite. After nearly a half century with the two leagues playing by different rules, baseball, if and when the lockout ends, is going to the universal DH. Aaron Rodgers named NFL MVP in his speech. He said he has great memories of playing in Green Bay, fueling the belief he will not return to the Packers. John Stash, our Bloomberg Sports. Nathan? Okay, John, thanks. 637 on Wall Street. Time to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market. Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is with us on a down morning for stocks, but we do have some individual names moving higher on earnings, Kriti. A little bit of green on the screen on a micro basis. Let's start with Expedia here. EXPE is your ticker up just shy 4% in the pre-market. This is a travel company, Nathan, essentially that actually survived the Omicron variant. This is a huge deal because going into this earnings report, a lot of people were expecting expecting Expedia to kind of miss their earnings because no one's traveling in uh, in the face of a variant. Nevertheless, they reported fourth quarter profits that topped those analyst estimates, actually benefiting from a holiday travel a season that proved pretty resilient. So good news over at Expedia, EXPE, once again, up just shy of 4%. Let's talk about Zillow, though. Just the letter Z is the ticker. J- shares jumping 15% in the pre-market. This comes after they also reported earnings that beat the highest expectations. The company talking about uh, their goal of becoming the, quote, housing super app. It's something that investors really appreciated going into these earnings. Remember, Zillow has had a very hard time of it lately. Their rental business wasn't doing so well, but uh, this earnings report coming out very strong for Zillow. Once again, the ticker is just the letter Z, shares jumping at 15%. And we got to talk about Affirm Holdings. This is a buy now, pay later firm. AFRM is your ticker, actually down 10% in the pre-market. This comes after the its worst decline on record yesterday, and that, of course, caused by some disappointing results. 
Yeah, so some big names once again. What other earnings stories are you looking at this morning? Yeah, well, a ton. Let's talk about Yelp here. Y-E-L-P is your ticker. Those shares gaining 4.3% in the pre-market. This is the online review side, of course, uh, that beat those expectations. It also gave a full-year forecast that topped those expectations, too. So once again, Y-E-L-P up 4.3%. Let's put earnings aside for a second and talk about DD shares. D-I-D-I, of course, we know the Chinese ride-sharing giant uh, that's been dealing with quite the uh, kind of international tensions uh, showing up in those shares. Well, they're U.S. listed shares, those ADRs falling 5% in the U.S. pre-market. This comes after Tencent said that it hasn't bought shares in the ride-hailing firm since it went public. This is a huge deal. Tencent was supposed to be a majority owner in DD, but since that delisting uh, kind of uh, turmoil that you saw in the stock here, the idea that it might get relisted in Hong Kong, you can really see some of that pain in those stocks. And it kind of seems like even Chinese companies, no matter how big they are, even the size of Tencent, kind of want to stay away from this one. All right, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta with the pre-market check for us. And as we take a look at stocks as a whole, ahead of this Friday morning open, futures are moving lower. S&P futures down 23 points, Dow futures down 144, and NASDAQ futures uh, leading the declines this morning once again, down 105 points. And the 10-year Treasury is now up 9.30 seconds, the yield just dropping below 2% at 1.99. The yield on the two-year right now, 1.58%. And uh, looking at Bitcoin on the session right now, a touch lower, $43,500. We'll get an update on the nation's capital next as President Biden gives an expansive pre-Super Bowl interview. We'll get details from uh, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins just ahead. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather, sunshine upper 40s today, low 50s tomorrow. Only get into the low 30s on Super Bowl Sunday. We're looking for flurries or snow showers, especially over Long Island. Currently 40 degrees in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures falling this morning. We are to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures are in the red following yesterday's sell-off with Dow futures down 153 points. S&P's dropped 25. Well, the Nasdaq futures are off by 110. The U.S. 10-yield at 2%. Gold is little change. Oil trading higher. And Bitcoin is down by 0.9%. European markets are also under pressure this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 10 o'clock, Michigan sentiment. After the Bellas night, Zillow reported shares are up 14% pre-market and look for Under Armour to report in the pre-market. Wrapping things up, a firm holdings was cut to underperform at Jefferies. Kellogg cut to underweight at J.P. Morgan. And Datadog was raised to overweight over at KeyBank. Live from the First Republic News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney. Karen? All right, Bill, thank you. And here live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal, S-Q-U-A-W-K, and that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. The U.S. reasserted its intention to impose swift, severe costs on Russia if the Kremlin takes any aggressive acts against Ukraine. Meanwhile, Germany and France pushed forward diplomatic efforts. There are now multiple trucker blockades along the U.S. and Canada border. U.S. officials are urging their Canadian counterparts to end the disruption along the Ambassador Bridge, a key trade route for automakers between Windsor, Ontario, and Detroit. Snowboarder Sean White competed in his final men's halfpipe today at the Beijing Olympics. 
He finished fourth out of the podium. In the NBA, the Knicks beat the Warriors 116-114. The Wizards beat the Nets 113-112. In the NHL, the Devils and Capitals won. The Bruins lost. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. The following commentary is from Bloomberg Opinion. Can modern monetary theory deal with inflation? I'm Clive Crook, a columnist for Bloomberg Opinion. Modern monetary theory has a wide following. With prices surging, it needs to answer a question it's neglected up to now. What's the remedy for inflation? It doesn't really have one. MMT won't let the Fed do the job. It says fiscal policy has to, meaning Congress. That's asking a lot of a body that struggles to do anything, never mind direct a new kind of fiscal policy with fine control. MMT requires a wise and competent Congress, advocates much more government spending, and views talk of fiscal discipline as gibberish. When it comes to curbing inflation, this is not a formula for success. I'm Clive Crook. For more opinion, please go to Bloomberg.com slash opinion or OPIN Go on the Bloomberg Terminal. This has been Bloomberg Opinion. And Bloomberg Opinion commentaries can be heard every weekday at this time, and Terminal customers can read more at OPIN Go. It is 6.50 on Wall Street. We turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology, transforming computing professionals into data scientists to meet demand in this fast-growing field. Learn more at njit.edu slash data science. Now here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. The U.S. struck a $720 million deal with Eli Lilly for supplies of an experimental COVID drug that appears to fight the Omicron variant. Under the agreement, Lilly will provide the Department of Health and Human Services with 600,000 doses of a monoclonal antibody under U.S. regulatory review for treatment of mild to moderate COVID in certain high-risk patients. Hong Kong has reported another record day of coronavirus cases. There were more than 1,300 infections, along with more than 1,500 preliminary positive cases. The outbreak is putting more pressure on the government's push for COVID-0. And SpaceX founder Elon Musk says that the first orbital flight of his towering starship could come in another month or two. SpaceX is awaiting approval from the Federal Aviation Administration before going into orbit. The more launches that, that happen the lower the total uh, cost of fully considered cost per flight would be. Um, But I'm highly confident it would be less than $10 million. Elon Musk says he is eventually aiming for up to three Starship flights a day. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Okay, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. We're at 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden touching on Ukraine, COVID, and the Supreme Court in the annual Super Bowl pregame interview. Senators accusing the CIA of secretly collecting data on U.S. citizens and the U.S. bracing for a possible trucker protest on this side of the border by this weekend. Let's bring in Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins on all these stories. So, Emily, we've gotten the traditional uh, pregame interview from President Biden ahead of the Super Bowl. And when it comes to Ukraine, it looks like he's uh, really ramping up the rhetoric here. Yes. I mean, this is really in line with what President Biden has uh, done from the beginning, really painting the situation in Ukraine as one that the U.S. is going to act aggressively on. Uh, he urged Americans in Ukraine to leave the country immediately, warning that things could quickly things could go crazy quickly in the region. Um, right now, uh, U.S. troops are not authorized to go into Ukraine. Biden said that that could be a really 
terrible idea because it could lead to Americans and, and Russians shooting at each other. Um, so he's urging people to get out now in case the seri- situation deteriorates. And we also heard some news from the president on his thinking around the Supreme Court selection process, masking rules. What else stood out to you from this interview? Uh, I, I think you really hit on the big two things, Nathan. I mean, everyone's waiting for Biden's uh, Supreme Court nominee. Uh, he said he's done a deep dive on four potential candidates, and he's really looking for someone who can get Republican support. So we knew that, that this was already something he was considering. Uh, if you look at a couple of the candidates, you've actually a few of them have already been confirmed for lower uh, judicial positions by lawmakers and Republican lawmakers who are currently in the Senate and will get to vote on this nominee. Uh, it's still unclear exactly when there is going to be a, a nominee announced. Um, certainly they have a little bit of time given that Democrats are currently down one member as uh, Senator Ben Ray Lujan recovers from a stroke in New Mexico. He will be there for the next several weeks. And on masking, Biden seemed to differ a little bit from governors in California and New York who are easing restrictions. Biden said it was probably premature. He did say it was a tough call, but he continued to say that this science shows that masks work and that they are effective at preventing people from catching and spreading COVID. Is the president getting pressed at all on inflation? Obviously, the issue at the fore for the markets, if not for voters themselves as they face these rising prices. Absolutely. And and this has kind of been a a tough one for Biden when Lester Holt asked him about it. Biden kind of called him a wise guy, Uh, certainly not not as uh, inflammatory language as he used uh, the last time a reporter asked him about inflation. But Biden acknowledged that that it's up, that it's an issue. He was in Virginia yesterday and he addressed it directly, saying that he understood that high gas prices, high food prices, those are things that hurt Americans. But he's not backing down from continuing to push his uh, social spending and tax plan. He noted that in his Build Back Better, it did include a piece that would allow the government to negotiate the price of drugs through Medicare and said that that's a way, if, if Congress passed a law that did that, that's a way that you could reduce prices for Americans, kind of made the same argument with child care and a few other provisions in his bill. So Biden's very much aware that inflation is going to be a difficult issue. Democrats are aware that this is something they need to address now. Um, but at the same point, they haven't given up their idea of passing through a larger spending bill. In our last minute here, Emily, I want to move on to this story of uh, the CIA potentially collecting bulk data on Americans and a couple senators uh, really flagging the spy agency on this. What do we know about this program? So we don't know a lot so far. There was a report that was put out about a year ago, really noting that there had been sort of this gathering of data and potentially uh, data that the CIA collecting that, that no one knew that they were collecting. And so this letter has sort of come out of that. Uh, we A lot of the letter has been redacted. And so we can't really say a, a lot about how much data there is, who's it being collected on. Uh, but the fact that it has raised concern among these two senators members of the uh, Senate Intelligence Committee uh, really shows that that there could potentially be uh, some red flags going up here on what the CIA is collecting and how extensively they are collecting it. Yeah, it certainly uh, raises a lot of eyebrows, if nothing else. Thank you, as always, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us this morning. You can read more about all these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington at Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Karen.
Thanks, Nathan. It is 6.56 on Wall Street. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. February is Black History Month, and every day this month we're celebrating significant moments in U.S. black history. And now with your installment for February 11th, here's Bloomberg's Renita Young. On this day in black history in 1990, Nelson Mandela was released from prison after 27 years behind bars. It was a key event in ending South Africa's brutal apartheid system of racial oppression. Tens of thousands of supporters cheered on Mandela as he walked out of the prison gates that day. After his release from prison, Mandela would be elected president of the African National Congress. He'd continue to lobby for the complete dissolution of apartheid. So later on in 1994, the anti-apartheid activist, lawyer, and former political prisoner was elected president of South Africa, ruling until 1999. That's Today in Black History. I'm Renita Young, Bloomberg Radio. All right, Renita, thank you. Watching Under Armour and early trading right now up 6.5%, but it's been jumping around. It was up as much as 8% just seconds ago. Uh, it's reporting earnings that are crossing the Bloomberg fourth quarter profit, beating analyst estimates more than twice what analysts were looking for. S&P futures lower down 24 points, Dow futures down 151, and NASDAQ futures down 107. And Bloomberg surveillance is straight ahead for Nathan Hager. I'm Karen Moscow, and this is Bloomberg. To address our new climate reality, the world needs radical solutions. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment, hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.